You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. And tonight, we Hey Queens, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Queendom Podcast. I'm super excited about this week as we have our first musician joining us and uh, not just any musician. This uh, woman that's joining us this week has been with the show since the early UK tour days. So the days of Christina, uh, Zuki, uh, Amy, Nat, the whole crew out there, out on tour. Um, So Katie Richardson is currently the MD as well, uh, playing Joan. For anyone that isn't up to scratch with the show, the keyboard, I don't know how else to explain it. She does explain it throughout the show. Um, so stick around, I guess. that That's the biggest thing. Um, you'll hear us plug it a fair bit throughout the shows. Sunday Sessions started last week, folks. Sunday Sessions. Check out sundaysessions.live if you want the link directly. It's in the description box below, so make sure you go check that out and sign it up. The first four were absolutely amazing. I watched all the videos today, and I am so excited for this week's release. Guys, you know where to find us. Uh, that's Oz Queendom and the Queendom cast. But for now, it is time to get down. So let's get stuck in with Katie Richardson. So I'm gonna hang it up for everyone to see And you can't stop me Cause I'm the queen of the castle Get down you dirty rascal Get down Hey Queens, how's it going? Welcome back to the Queen of Podcast. I am here with the amazing Katie Richardson from the West End, the MD out there. Hey Katie, how are you going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am fabulous. I'm so excited to chat music and get into the nitty gritty of this show. Um, so before we get started, let's jump into some quick fire questions just to get warmed up. Is t- okay, I'm ready. Is tomato fruit or vegetable? It's a fruit. It's a fruit. Decisive too. Well done. Um, (laughs) What's your favourite instrument? Uh, See, I always wanted to be able to play the cello. So I'm going to say cello. Yes. Um, What is your favourite orchestration of a show? Like what's your favourite show that you were like, yes, I I love how that sounds. Such a good question. Um, I'm not going to be able to choose one. Is that allowed? That's completely fine. I think the last five years is really, really interesting. Like the original. Um, and I did that when I was at university and I just had the best time. And it's just like the fact there's two cellos, but only one violin, no yeah. drums. Like it's all just really cool. Um, but I think at the moment, like, I mean, obviously Tom Curran for Six Musical is a genius. Yeah. Um, but my absolute hero is um, Alex Lacamoire. Yeah. I think that's how you say his surname. Lackety Um yeah like he does such an amazing job of Hamilton but every time I go back and listen to In the Heights like the orchestrations are just so beautiful man Heights is a like a banger of a show like yeah it has a real place in my heart that show just I remember watching it for the first time and getting to blackout um and just whatever happened in there I was like whoa like this is yeah intense um 
lean and lack. And it's just the fact that everyone, when you get to the end of 96,000, everyone just thinks it's the interval. Like when I saw it in London, I saw it at Southwark Playhouse um, and it wasn't the Broadway production. It was like the London version, completely different team. And there was a standing ovation at the end of 96,000 and everyone thought it was the interval and the actors just had to wait for so long for everyone to be like, <laughs> oh, hang on, you're carrying on. Yeah, it's great shit. That is amazing. Um, so we've spoken about musical direction how did you get into theater how did you get into this world um uh so i i always i remember going to see my first musical my parents took me to see like the tour of like the uk tour of like happy days the musical in birmingham um which is i'm from the midlands and uh i remember going to see that and just being like enamored with it um, and that's kind of my earliest memory of the theater but i also grew up in stratford upon avon which is where um shakespeare was born so I also had this, like, when, when you went to school in Stratford-upon-Avon, we got these things called red cards, which basically meant if you were a student of a school in Stratford, you could go to any show at the Royal Shakespeare Company for £3.50, um, which is, like, $7, Aussie dollars. Yeah. And, like, and so, like, I, growing up, just used to go to the RSC, like, once a month. And just thinking that was normal and what people did. Like when you're a kid, you don't realize that what, your life is different. Yeah. Um, so I guess like for, I've just always gone to theater. And yeah. so it never, I never really felt like I joined it. <laughs> like I was, I was just so lucky. It was kind of like a natural I, progression into working yeah. yeah and I was really lucky my, my parents aren't creative well I mean they're creative as people but they don't do creative jobs at all but like my mum really really loves the art so she was also like loved taking us to the theatre um and I don't know I guess it was like a natural progression like I went to youth theatre um a really amazing one where I'm from and then uh went to uni to do music but did loads of the musical theatre societies um as MD for them and then um I just, I just, everything I did just cemented further in my mind that theatre was what I wanted to do. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. What instruments can you play? Okay, so I can play obviously piano. I sing as well, nowhere near as good as I used to. Um, I used to actually want to be a like a musical theatre actor. Yeah. Um, but I just also played piano. Um, but since I've chosen MDing, like my voice has gone like, <laughs> but I can, I can sing. Um, and then I also can play clarinet all the saxophones, flute. Um, I mean, I can like strum a guitar. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not good, yeah. but I can like, um, so yeah, like wind, wind instruments. Yeah. Oh, and bassoon. Amazing. I love that. Um, how did you find out about six? What was your introduction to this show? Um, well, when they first did the the workshops, like the workshop production, so that's when the the cast that were on the album first did it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to see it because it sold out, but it everyone in London was sort of talking about it. Um, and then I didn't hear about it for a, a while longer. Um, and I just completely out of the blue got an email from Joe Baton, the musical supervisor, being like, "Hi, we're looking for a MD, and you've been recommended. Um, can you give me a call?" if you're interested uh and kind of the rest is history it was completely out of the blue and now you're here full-time on now the here, yeah. how sick is that that oh um so I'll, I'll skip my next two questions that i sent you and we'll go straight to working with the team um so working with joe okay. and tom and everybody what was it like to learn this material and then get to work with everyone that kind of created it to go on stage oh, 
I mean, it was the best, but like, it, it was just that the, the process of it was really interesting for me because after I spoke to Joe, I got sent through um, like the, the script and the score and the, um, they uh, done a really like base level recording of the workshop out of the desk just for, for um, what do they call it, archive. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember listening to that and this was before I'd agreed to do it or not and listening to it and reading the lyrics and being like, this is really good. Yeah. Um, and then I was already um, actually contracted to like another job um, originally for the, so the original six tour we did in 2018, which everyone knows is the Edinburgh fringe version, but it was our contract said tour because yeah. we did like a few different places. Um, I had to leave that like halfway through the arts theatre run um, because I was already contracted to another job. Okay. Um, and I sort of called my agent and I was like, I really want to do this. I think it's really good, but I can't do all the dates. And then, um, the producers of six were really gracious in that they let me do it until I could do it and then, yeah. and then leave. Um, but then the other tour that I was contracted to got canceled <laughs> really quickly, like after three months or something, yeah. um, which was awful for everyone except for me, because it meant I got to go back to six, which was like the biggest, like, like stroke of fate ever really. Yeah. Cause when I, when I originally did it, obviously we didn't know that it was going to be in the West end for an extended time we thought it was just a limited season so that was all really cool but then from taking that from lis listening to the um like the, the demos essentially and then going into the rehearsal room like all, all of the tracks were redone everything was reorchestrated um little bits were rewritten yeah uh and being in the rehearsal room just watching it create was just we also i i, I don't know i can't speak for everyone else but i did have this idea when i was like I think this is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, but we weren't really sure, but it was that really magical thing where like you, we just had everyone, every department, including like the lighting designer, the sound designer, the costume designer, like everyone involved was just like so invested in the project. And we all got on so well and really, I think had a shared vision of Toby and Lucy's vision of what they wanted it to be. So it was just this really magical thing. And we were all really in there and just like all clicked at the same time. And, I think that's why it works so well because it's just and it's also just so cohesive across departments yeah. like a lot of others have worked on there'll be conflict between like choreography and and music or whatever yeah. but that just wasn't the case um and it's also because toby and lucy just had such a clear vision of what what they wanted from it that everyone it, they just communicated it really well and everyone everyone just worked together to achieve it um but yeah, it was awesome. It's just really funny because it's like th those people just became my mates. Yeah. And like none of us were well known at all at that time. I, and it's what it was watching it become well known over the past two years is, is has been so strange. Like <laughs> I was with Toby the first time he got recognized in the street. Yeah. Um, and we were afterwards, we were all like, oh, my God, can you believe that just happened? You just got recognized. Um. And now it's like obviously a completely different thing. <laughs> Since then, you've been on a plane, flown down to Australia to help with auditions down here, and the lot. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. And we'll touch on the growth of the show later. Um, what is it like reading a show on paper before you've seen it on stage? Um, it's weird. It's something that I have to do obviously every every job, and you never it's unusual that you have an actual idea of what it's going to be like and I don't think I think even when you know having just said that like Toby and Lucy had this really clear image but like it 
everything sort of happens in the rehearsal room. So like, I remember reading it and being like, these lyrics are really funny. They're really clever and snappy. They're kind of unlike anything I've heard before, but it's only, it, it becomes what it is in the rehearsal room. So like yeah. even reading it when you're like, this is really great, you actually have no idea because at the same time, it can be really, really great and then just have the wrong creative team work on it. And then it doesn't become amazing. Yeah. It just stays, you know, great, which isn't enough. Um, so it is, it's weird. It's like, it's like when you bake a cake and you put all the ingredients in and you put it in the oven as one thing and it comes out a completely different yeah, thing. That's okay. the only way I can explain that it. Like the ingredients perfect. are all good, but it just it transforms. That's a perfect um, I, lo I love that. that that work i thought of that right then <laughs> <laughs> on the spot there we I remember go. <laughs> that. i remember that for next time um uh but yeah and i just remember having this really clear there's two moments that really really no three let's say three that really stick out for me in the creation of it the first one was when we first opened in norwich and like norwich is like um it's a city in the uk but it's quite small and it's 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 in quite a rural part so it's yeah. quite far away from many of the main hubs um so six is a little out there for Norwich um, and I remember like after like the second performance just suddenly having this moment playing it and looking at the lights and stuff and everything and being like this is like really camp yeah and why I hadn't realized before that moment but I was just like this isn't like anything else like this is I've never seen anything like this before yeah and then it was our like first preview in Edinburgh uh, where we sort of finished we're six button and then the audience just went insane, like <laughs> screaming all on their feet, whatever. And I remember me and all the girls, like band and cast, all looked at each other like, oh my God. And that was the first moment we had any like realization that it was going to be this big thing. And I just remember that moment really, really vividly. Yeah. And I've heard the, the other girls talk about that in interviews as well. Um, and then the whole of Edinburgh was crazy. And then it was, we were really worried that like Edinburgh sold out and it was this really amazing thing, but we were going to take it to London and like London audiences are really cynical and whatever, and it wouldn't do as well. Um, and then it was the press night in, in London when the, the atmosphere was electric and the audience went insane. And that was an audience of like agents and reviewers. And we were all literally like, oh my God, I think we did it. <laughs> it's just like three really distinct moments of being like, uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I was so excited for this interview before that moment when I realized how long you've been with the show. So this is going to be great. I'm so, so excited right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so besides MD, what, what is your role with Six? Because obviously you've been out here to do the audition panel and that type of thing. So what is your kind of role in the, in the team? So I'm the UK Associate Musical Supervisor and the Australia Associate Musical Supervisor. Perfect. Um, which basically means um, Joe is the International Music Supervisor, so he is the overseer, but yeah. it basically means that I am his right-hand woman in the UK and in Australia, so I basically have to look after it when he's not there. I mean, obviously, Aust Australia, it's like more of a title than it is what I actually do, because he has another... Um, another I can't remember what their title is but there's someone else that looks after the show in Australia when it's on um but I I was basically it's like acting musical supervisor he wasn't available to come and do the auditions yeah. in Australia so I I represented him yeah cool. um but in the UK it's um I look after the UK productions when he's not there amazing let's touch on Australia real quick what was it like going from <laughs> coming into the show where the show was the UK tour that you joined already cast at that point of you coming on board or were you a part of the kind of um so I didn't the, the 2018 tour which is like what we know is the original West End cast yeah. I didn't cast them okay. I joined 
um, just for the rehearsal process. But ever since then, I think I've cast every cast except for um, Broadway. So what's it like so, seeing the talent pool dwindle down to the nine or ten in each cast and being able to see uh, the talent really cool. out there? It's really cool. Um, it's really, it's funny because we often have this thing where people pop out as like perfect for the show, but we don't know what role they're going to be in. So it's so cool to hear <laughs> it from the other side of the desk. Cause obviously we've spoken to a ton of the girls about their experience being the auditionees never. So it's really cool yeah. to hear your experience. So um, do you want to break down what your role is as MD? What, what does a musical director do? Okay. So um. Uh, I think that musical director is like 80% people management and 20% music, um, which a lot of people don't really realise. So like a musical director is, uh, once the show's up and running, the director isn't there every day. They, they leave, same with the choreographer, same with the musical supervisor, same with the composers, everyone. So it's kind of me and the company manager that are the two um, like main manage yeah. managers uh, in, in the building. Um, so that's like the people management side of things. Uh, I help with, um, uh, like just, I guess like pastoral care, if you, if you use, was used like the school term. Um, but then I also, uh, am responsible for the music. So that means that in rehearsals, I'm responsible for rehearsing it with any new cast members that like we had to do a few put-ins in the West End this year because of different people's yeah. availabilities, which was running rehearsals in the day to get the girls ready to go in the show. Um, I'm also responsible for keeping the upkeep of the show so that's like making sure the vocals stay clean um helping with vocal health um uh making sure that the band play what they're supposed to yeah. blah 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 um uh, and then i'm also a head the head of music in the building which means i'm a head of department and that's like a, that's a bit of a thing in theater so you have the head of sound head of lighting head of stage manager i'm never called head of music i'm always called musical director but we're all like the same level in terms of technical yeah. departments um which means um that uh there's two things involved with that it means that when there's a technical meeting i'm representing the music department but also um in a in a situation where you have to call a show staff if there's been an emergency or whatever only the heads of department are allowed to say i need okay. to stop um, and I'm one of the people that can say that. Uh, and then the way it works is everyone has to to agree. And then the stage manager makes the final call. But it's only the head of department that is allowed to say, I need to have a That's show really stop cool. now. I did not know that. That I've learned something today, yeah. guys. This is great. Um, yeah. So there's there's certain people that are allowed to do that in, in, yeah, cool. in theatre. And um, the MD is one of them. Uh, and then also on a very like day-to-day -day basis, I take vocal warm-up and i uh conduct the show <laughs> That's very we'll jump straight into the conduction side of things what was it like learning that you were going to be on stage and not kind of hidden behind a wall or under the stage for this show um i was kind of okay with that because weirdly professionally i reckon i've 50 percent of my ending jobs or actually maybe two-thirds i've been on stage um just just out of coincidence and I think it's really in fashion in theatre to have the band yeah. on stage like the band being hidden in a pit is kind of out of fashion at the moment and I've been really lucky that I've worked on a lot of new productions yeah. so I think just purely because of that I ended up being more on stage and the thing that really freaked me out is when I learned that the lights are time-coded which means um they're they're connected to the yeah. click track um and track runs through almost the whole of six not with any vocal on at all um with not with much music on, but a lot of the sound effects, like the 
the like electronic um like techno yeah. stuff you can't create that live really so that's all on track um and there's a lot of like extra percussion uh and so because of that there's a there's we have like a metronome in our ear the whole time and all the lights are programmed to the exact time codes from that so when i found out that i was in, in charge of i'm used to being in charge of like the whole band <laughs> and the cast but when i found out i was essentially in charge of the lighting as well i was like and i know you you a few <laughs> lights as well don't you um, yeah, so that, that just just little ones. Um, so there's, there's a few that are in between the tracks. Uh, like if you think of um, pre Holbein, the bit where they all go off and get their roughs, and there's loads of um, haze. And when uh, Anna Fries is doing her speech, um, I'm playing. That's all sound effects that I trigger. So I'm playing them. That they're, they're like programmed to notes on the keyboard. So you hear a sound effect, but I pressed go essentially. But I also have to nod um, for those so that the, the lighting department can get the light change at the same time uh yeah there's a lot, a lot goes on in uh <laughs> in i just want to have all your technical <laughs> guys in a room just to chat and nerd out about the technical side of the show because it is oh yeah you should totally you should totally approach um the sound designer and the lighting oh, designer because they're they're just, so interesting and like the number of things that they think about that i don't even have any comprehension <laughs> of what they are they've already sorted it out a couple of the girls have I mean? brought up some of the like the lighting cues and everything that they freak out over that i'm like right like there's just so many little things that i'm just like oh yeah another big and they have to hit their marks as well like they it's like okay so you have one meter square you have to stand in the middle of it <laughs> like <laughs> what was it like knowing that you were going to do this whole 75 minute show without sheet music in front of you um, well, originally I didn't have to do it without yeah. sheet music. It's it's not in the. I don't know if it is now, but it wasn't originally. The MDs had to. The band had to, but I I didn't because we were like it's too hard. Um, and but then I just did it a lot, and now I know it off by heart. Um, and now it's kind of standard everywhere that all the MDs do it off by heart. But I don't know. I kind of. I, like I didn't find it very hard to learn because I I just sort of learned it as choreography and I just did it loads. So like by by the time I'd been doing it for like sorry that was my laptop. By the time I'd been doing it for like three um three months I'd say yeah. I knew it. I um so it was kind of, it was kind of all right. Alice the drummer in the UK um she was um not very <laughs> pleased when she found out yeah still off my heart because she never done. Like um, Terry and Amy, who are the uh, guitar and the bassist in, in, in the West End, they have a really big history of playing in yeah. bands, more than playing in theatre, which is perfect for six because it looks like a rock concert. So they were like completely yeah. fine with it. But Alice is, a, is like a theatre yeah. pit drummer. So she was like, oh my God, but um, it's I, fine I didn't <laughs> realise until we had a switch of MD in Australia and I saw the sheet music come out and I was like, well, that has never been there before. I could always see her face. Was, was it? Yeah. And then I mentioned it to one of the girls at stage. Door. They're like, yeah, we do it. I was like, damn, like that's sick. Like I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah the depth, the, the cover MDs here have sheet music as well. Cause it, it's just, it's, it's too stressful. If you haven't done it in four months <laughs> and you're in charge and you've only got one show, it's like, no, just have, just have yeah. the sheet music. Um, talk to me about life <laughs> on the West End. What's it like knowing that you're pretty much a full-time musical director in one of the biggest shows in London right now um, and get to do that as a job every night? Um, I think I, it still hasn't really like settled in that that's, that's what it, what I was doing. Um, it's really cool. And it's like, it's, it's kind of one of my goals in life really. 
Um, so I don't know. It's amazing. I, I, like that's the only way I can explain it. Is it's amazing. It's really cool, and um, we've had a really amazing time with Six, uh, and it's been this like crazy roller coaster. But I think because because it's always been like growing going up like this there's never there was never like a massive moment of like oh my god we're suddenly on the west end it was just sort of like gradual gradual and it just really showed me that hard work pays off like everyone involved in the show is grafted which is why um it is where it is but yeah it, it, it's really cool um the the lifestyle i think only suits certain people but like i'm a natural night owl so i love it um it's kind of the thing that's weird is like people if you have friends that have normal jobs it can, kind of gets hard to see them um but a, that's kind of a small sacrifice I yeah think. Amazing. <laughs> um were you a part of the team that was on stage for the oliviettes what was, was that like was. playing royal albert hall <laughs> um it was the most terrifying thing i've ever done and i think i ever will do i cannot explain the nerves i've never i've never felt anything like it um yeah it was it was nuts that place is massive it's massive and the arts theater which is where six is on in in london is only 350 it's the smallest west end theater yeah. so we're used to doing it in there um we did it we did it at some bigger venues on tour um but the royal albert hall is like five thousand, and like from the stage to the the top back of the of the royal albert hall like it's so far away that you can't really see yeah. people like you Um, have just I just dropped out. out? Yeah. Did I drop you, out? Then? You were saying something about seeing. What was I saying? Is what I, the last thing I heard. Oh yeah, the, the Royal Albert Hall is so big that like it's really tall and really far. Yeah. So when you look at the people on the back at the top, like they're so small that they're yeah. like dots. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy how big that place is. Um, and also we like I think because none of us even none of us had any expectation Olivier's at yeah. all, and I remember. And um, the day the Olivier nominations came out was actually my first day back at, at six after having done that yeah. other job. And I was just watching the Olivier nominations because I watched them every year. And the first one was Best Sporting Actress in a Musical. And it was like the Queens of Six. And I remember we all just went, oh. And suddenly my phone's blowing up and we're all texting each other like, uh, what's happening? And then it was like, gradually went through. We were like, what? And then it got the, the music one. And I was like on the phone to Tom Curran crying. <laughs> and then it was like, best new musical, six. And it was just, we all got into work that day and we were all just crying and crying and crying. I like, couldn't believe it. Like, had, I just had no idea that that yeah. might happen at all. Um, and then, so because of that, we, we were all so excited to be nominated anyway, because we're not one of the, like, we're, it's a successful show now, but like at that time, it was still like the small little outsider yeah. show. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the Olivier's was mental. We were just so nervous. For anyone trying to do the maths at home, Royal Albert Hall is 15 times bigger than uh, the arts. So yeah. a fair few more people to perform to. Yeah, and... And there's a scary thing about performing at the um, award ceremonies that I think a lot of musical theatre people talk about. I've heard them talk about. It's my first experience of it. Is that you always do like a weird cut or like a medley of songs from the show, so it's not yeah. the same as what you do in the show. What was it like trying to put um, and which, that together? Because it was the ex wives six mashup that you did at the yeah, which I love. I thought it was a stroke of genius. And when we all first heard it, we were so excited. But it was a lot of time. Yeah. 
because we had to have rehearsals in the daytime, like had to have a music rehearsal with the band, music rehearsal with the cast, choreography rehearsals, because yeah. um, they had to, they didn't change it a lot, but they changed it a bit. Uh, and obviously the Royal Albert Hall stage is huge, so they had to practice it on a massive yeah. markup rather than the Arts Theatre, which is tiny. So it was a lot of work. And also like, of course, we wanted it to be perfect because it it's the biggest performance ever. And uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be televised. And so we, we had to get it perfect. So we drilled it and drilled it and drilled it whilst doing shows in the evening. Um, and also obviously they had to remember the show version versus the award ceremony version, yeah. which was hard. Um, and a really funny thing happened actually. We've been, we've been rehearsing so much leading up to the Olivier's. The Olivier's is on a Sunday night. At six, we do two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, but we had this, the Sunday evening off to go to yeah. the Olivier's, but we still had to do the Sunday matinee. So we did two shows the Saturday, then went to the Olivier's tech rehearsal at like 11 p.m. Then on Sunday morning, we had to be there at 9 a.m. to do the dress rehearsal for the Olivier's, which they had, we had to do out of order so that we could get to do our matinee, then get changed and come back. Like it was the craziest weekend. But in, so we did at the Olivier's, the, uh, the start of Ex-Wives, JJ said like, I think it's tonight Royal Albert Hall, we yeah. are, she said. And we've done it so much with her swapping. And, before, and, and every time before the show at the Arts, she was like, say London, <laughs> say London, don't say Royal Albert Hall. And the Saturday night, we were so tired and we'd done it so much, she came on and she went, and tonight, Royal Albert Hall in the Arts Theatre. And we were crying. It was so funny. The audience was so confused. It was, it was just very, that very funny. It's hilarious. Myself. Speaking of things outside Royal yeah. Albert Hall, um, what was it like putting together things like West End Live and that type of thing? What What was your role in that? Um, it's just sort of like uh, the rehearsal role. So just making sure that, that it was prepared and um, the vocals were clean and stuff. Because anything like that that's televised, same as when we went on Britain's Got Talent, like uh, those ones, we actually didn't do a cut. We did the full numbers as they are in the show, which is better. Like they have, the girls have to hit different marks on the stage, but otherwise yeah. it was all the same. Um, but we just drilled it and drilled it and drilled it to make it perfect because you know, it's going to be on YouTube forever, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, so that was my role was basically just like making sure the singing was perfect. Um, and yeah, West End Live is cool. Cause it's, it's like, I think it's the closest you get to like being yeah. a rock star cause you're playing a festival, but it's just <laughs> a musical theater festival. Um, but it's, yeah, it, nowhere near as stressful as the Olivier's. Cause also um, for West End Live, we used uh, backing track, the band didn't yeah. appear. Um, just because you have five minutes to set up, yeah. it's not possible. So that t- kind of took the pressure off me a little bit. It just meant I could focus yeah. on the cast. Whereas at the Olivier's we were like, <laughs> oh, where was I going? Oh, I've lost it, guys. I've done it again. But it's okay. Um, let's let's talk about your favourite moments in the show because obviously you played quite a few of them. Um, so what is your favourite song to play? Um, my favourite song to play is definitely I Don't Need Your Love and I Don't Need Your Love yeah. Remix. Because um, it's fun on piano. It's my favourite song anyway, but... Um, I just I just think it's really funky and also the the remix is like so satisfying and it's the point of the show and it just we all get to be really like girl yeah. power um almost come a bit out of character and just sort of tell it um which it always I I really feel it sometimes like I remember it's one of the only bits like 
you know, when you do a show, I don't know how many times I've done it, maybe 500, um, like you come become a bit sens desensitized yeah. to it because like, obviously <laughs> you've done it so many times. Um, but that is the bit that really still um, like packs a punch with me. Like the, yeah, the girls just being like, we're taking back control. Like that whole bit is just a really big moment. And it's the point, it's the message yeah. of the show, isn't it? Amazing. So. I figured out what I was going to say. What's it like performing with an all female oh, yeah. band? and all female cast. Oh, yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Um, that's the only way I can explain it. It's, and also like, that has made waves. Like the, the male versus female proportion in, in musicians in theatre and MDs in theatre in the UK is like, I think the last time the Musicians Union here did a survey, it was 90% male. Like it's really made a thing. And like, the, my favorite thing about it with, um, with six was that it, we, we never did press being like all female band never 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 advertised as all female never ever ever because we didn't want to use yeah. it as a gimmick and it just meant that when the curtains dropped it was like oh shit yeah. it's all female but um never never advertised as that and that was just my favorite thing because it was just like not making a big thing out of it it was just like this is a thing this in this show it and it's almost entirely female backstage yeah that's that's amazing what's the the kind of vibe like walking into the building every day um what how how do you get let's go there how do you get ready for a show what what is your routine to get ready for a show um so I have to, my, my warm-up is always an hour 15 before the show. So I come in for that, take the warm-up. And we always do, in, in the arts, we always do like a circle time at the end of warm-up with the company manager, um, where we always sort of talk about things that happen on our day. Like she, uh, Sunita, the company manager, gives any, you know, notices that she has to. And then we always go around and say something that we're grateful for. And we do that every day. So that gets us all into like a positive headspace. Um, and then I usually have some food <laughs> and a cup of tea. Um, and then I put my makeup on and then I have to, I've, I've suffered quite a lot of injury um, over the past two years from something about this show has just made my shoulders really injured. So I have to do quite now, I'm recovered I have to do like a quite extensive warm-up um so we have physios um and like uh occupational therapists and performance coaches that work with us all on our like own physiology so we learn how to manage um stuff I guess and then so I have like a 15 minute set of warm-ups I have to do for my shoulders and my wrists and my arms and my neck um so I do do that then get into costume pre-show pee I guess <laughs> what's it go. like having <laughs> your own costume for this show um and i'm um, yeah it's cool um it's the sweatiest <laughs> thing in the world that costume it's the pvc trousers is so hot um but yeah it, it is cool like, i've i um i have had it before but never quite so out there like it's always been like a costume sort of made up of um my own yeah. clothes kind of so yeah it's cool That's sick um, so we'll get back onto the favorite kind of train that we were there. What oh, is yeah. your favorite song to hear every night? I'm, um, I normally love listening to much as I love our first cast. If we ever have an alternate on, I just always pay extra attention yeah. to them. Cause it's really nice to hear like that, that everyone has their own riffs and stuff. We make really sure of that. So it's always nice to hear like the variety. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly just love, I don't need your yeah. love. <laughs> as soon as I started uh, asking but, the question, I, I was mean, like, it's going to be the same answer. Like, 
Yeah, although I have to say, I think Ex-Wives is so yeah. exciting. What was it like for you getting to sit on stage um, for those first few shows, like in the arts and out on tour, just any any show really, getting to sit on stage, seeing the girls hit that kind of six boom at the end of the, like the main part and then the end of the mega six and seeing the crowd react. What's, what's it like for you to be able to sit up the top on the stairs and kind of just watch everyone react to this? Um, it feels like being a rock star. Like it's crazy. And I, and I, I think like on other musicals, I, like I've forgotten what other musicals are like, like where you get like polite applause at the yeah. end of the number, whereas six is like screaming. Um, so it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's become like my normal, but it just totally isn't normal. Like, uh, just, yeah, it's just like being a rock star. The reaction's like being a rock star. It's yeah, amazing. amazing. What's your favorite harmony in the show? Um, this is, a, I, I saw this question in like my prep <laughs> questions and I was like, I know exactly what it is. Um, it is, uh, the, again, and I don't need your love, but that is the hard bit that at the end of the song, so after like the riff section, they do a really crunchy harmony where all the girls sing in unison, but they're all on their own note. Um, and there's, and it's the bit that happens at the very end of the I Don't Need Your Love remix and also at the end of the yeah. Mega Six. However, the harmonies are actually different. <clears throat> it, sounds, it sounds like it's the same moment, but the harmonies are different in the remix to the Mega Six. Um, and when they get it right, it's so, so satisfying, but it's so hard to learn. That is... Every time I've caught the show, they're always like, this is too hard. <laughs> what do the... So I, I've done shows like Lame Is and um, Dogfight where there's big, chunky, like, six-part harmonies. What do these harmonies look like on the page? Because harmonies in Lame Is and Dogfight look really cool when you look at them and read them. What's it like, like, seeing the music? Um, They kind of look like a... I mean, the girls spend most of the show in three parts, okay. two on each. There's only moments where they pop yeah. into six, but it, it or five, but it um they look it looks crunchy because there's not on on bigger shows you usually have it split SATB or whatever, so it's a bit more split split out with yeah. the male voices. But because we've only got female voices, it's like really squished yeah. <laughs> and this is a stave, and there's a lot of no. That's what it looks like. Amazing. I <clears throat> thought of that question a couple of days ago, and I was like. I really want to ask this because I love looking at like cool harmonies <laughs> on the page and just looking at them and like, this is going to sound yeah. sick before you even hear the notes. You're just like, I got this. This is going to sound really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so overall with your whole journey, it's been nearly two and a half, nearly three years now. So go you. Um, <laughs> what's the best experience been with six that you've had? Um probably the Olivier's I guess that's not very surprising but it just felt like a really massive moment yeah. for us like the the underdog of that level even being there and the whole of theatre in London which is like a really intimidating group with a really like long-standing history of you know the rich tradition of British theatre yeah. whatever all in that room it just felt like such a massive achievement and I mean like it was disappointing that we didn't win but it almost didn't yeah. matter and um that's really yeah. cool I like that that it, it's almost yeah I was I was in go no, sorry go. carry on <laughs> I was gonna say I was in Broadway for um the press night 
yeah. on Broadway that didn't happen. Um, so I feel like that would have been probably the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did manage to get a photo outside the theater, the Broadway theater, and that was really surreal. Like walking from Times Square and just seeing the six sign on the on the Brooks Atkinson. I was like, not even that. Like I remember, like cause I was in New York about two weeks before you guys went into previews there and walking into Times Square looking around and then seeing the big purple billboard I was like damn like I've got a video of me on my phone like literally just crying because I was like oh my god and then literally walk down that street see the brooks all lit up and it's just like oh it's just it, it was special yeah um oh amazing now I'm getting all emotional this is great um (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about something you're working on currently. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do the maths in my head. So at time of recording, Sunday session starts this week. Is that right? Um, the, ve- the first video has come Perfect. out this All week, right. yeah. So we're a week later. So you guys have already seen the first set of Sunday sessions. Talk me through Sunday <laughs> sessions, what it is, what you're aiming to do, um, and use this time to kind of plug it away so people... Yeah, amazing. Um, so Sunday Sessions is a, like I originally started it as a live that we used to do at the Arts Theatre on my Instagram between shows on a Sunday just to, to sing, basically just to hear everyone sing stuff because they're, all the girls are ridiculous um, and you know we only get to hear them sing one song a day um, and to you know play with some other music and just have some fun. Um, but since the theatre closures um, a lot of us find ourselves without income and uh and I also you know I'm really missing basically being silly and making music with my friends and like I know a lot of um our our audiences feel the same way you know like missing the theatre missing whatever so I kind of was like there must be a way that I can put all these things (laughs) together um so I've created Sunday Sessions which is a um subscription service and you uh pledge um, a subscription fee once per month. It's really small and affordable. Um, but you, yeah, it's, it's I, I like to think of it as a pledge rather than a fee. And it's a pledge to support yeah. us um, while we're out of work and so we can keep creating. Um, and so, yeah, and then if you are a subscriber, you have access to exclusive videos, which subscribers don't have access to, which are posted to the site and are. Uh, we will normally be releasing one per week with a West End star. So it's basically we draw a song from a hat. They have a short list of eight and the song is drawn from a hat on Instagram live. Um, and then uh, we go off the live. I have to sight read and record it, the backing track, send it to them and they have to just have a go at singing it. Um, and it's like first attempt. Unfortunately, there's no software that's good enough, which means we can actually do it live. So we're doing like first takes to try and make it as live as possible. Then I edit it together, post it to the website. Um, so we go live at 6 p.m. UK time on Sundays and the song will be posted by 7 p.m. UK time. But the video is just posted like a YouTube video. So um, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, what time zone, you can just um, watch it whenever. But yeah, the, the fun thing about it is that the, the guys don't, they get like 15 minutes notice of what they have yeah. to record. <laughs> So it means that it just gets really silly and yeah, it's, it should be cool. Um, and yeah, it's the website for it is sundaysessions.live. Um, and uh, yeah, all the lives will be on my Instagram, which is at KTR Richardson. Uh, I think I got all the main points. Oh yeah. So this week is, uh, is, the, is the launch week. So I'm doing four um, as like the launch week. So I'm doing four lives in four days. The first one is actually today, but all the videos are being posted on. Amazing. Sunday. And we've got some amazing guests 
on the launch week. We're, we're listening yeah. to this kind of a week late. We're a day off the second week. Are you doing, you're releasing a video next week as well, aren't you? Yeah. This is yeah, going to get confusing week. if you guys are listening at home because we're, we're out of way. <laughs> but um, so we've already yeah. had Courtney Bowman, um, Nat, Luke, Bayer, and Millie. Um, that, uh, yeah. I watched the live like five minutes before jumping on with you and I was just like, Oh, this is gonna be so cool. I'm so excited. I have signed up guys. Um, so if you haven't already that that was Sunday sessions.live. I will pop the link down below for you guys to do that. Um, please do please show your support because this is going to be an amazing little venture and I can't wait to see everything come together. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, yeah, and as, as uh, it's exemplified by Luke, it's not going to be all six people. It's going to be West End people. So that's, that's yeah, cool I'm as well. so excited. When I saw Luke, I was like, Yes, and for anyone that's kind of missed all the hype, this was what the whole piano picture was about a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, there we go. Um, before we wrap up, what's some advice um, for anyone wanting to get into musical direction, orchestras, bands in the theatre world? Do you have any advice for those people that are wanting to know how? Or um, Yeah, the, the first one is just um, practice your instrument. Um, as much as you can when you're younger, uh, whatever that might be. If, if there's more than one that you love, don't feel that you have to choose one. Like I remember at school being told like you have to focus, but I think it's kind of cool if you have more than one string to your bow. Um, and then I, not everyone, um, but I went to do music at university, but a lot of people do music at music college or one of my mates who's an MD like did physics or something and just always kept piano as a hobby. So like if, I was like, great, I can only do music, so that's cool. But yeah, yeah don't feel you have to do music yeah. is what I mean. Um, and then um, the best thing you can do really is just try and stay as involved in the theatre world as possible. Um, and then you'll get to meet people. Um, don't be afraid to cold email and write to people. Um, you know, make videos of yourself playing and send them in, I guess. Um, it feels like luck when you get there. But actually, when I look back on it, I, there was a lot of work going up to it it just doesn't you can't see necessarily the direct path between the work you did and the result because it goes like 100%. this <laughs> there's ups but, downs yeah. ins and outs <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. like this podcast guys like i'll be real with you like all these interviews that we're doing right now cold messages i don't think i'd ever spoken to katie before i was like hey come on the podcast she's like yay right. um so you just got to toss <laughs> it out into the universe throw it up in the air and see what comes out of it and work hard um yeah yeah. Exactly. All right. That pretty much brings us to the end. If you guys want to follow Katie on Instagram, it's Katie R Richardson. I'll drop that at down below so you can go show her some love. Keep an eye out for Sunday sessions, sundaysessions.live. Uh, links down below as well. I'm plugging the hell out of it because it's going to be amazing, guys. You don't want to miss it. Um, <laughs> as we wrap up, Katie. Oh, I forgot to tell you where you can follow me. If you're listening to this point, you probably already know, but that's Oz Queendom and the Queendom cast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, what is the biggest thing you miss about the show being away from it right now? Um, I think just like my friends, <laughs> it's like, it's like having a group of 20 sisters that yeah. show. Um, like, you know, we laugh together, we cry together, we scream at each other, we make up like it's, it's literally like having 20 sisters and I just, yeah, I miss them a lot. So probably Amazing. that. All right, Queens. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us, Katie. I really appreciate you putting the time aside and coming and have a chat about music. Um, and thank you, Queens, for 
putting the time aside in your day to come and listen to us have fun uh we will catch you next week with a brand new episode of the queen of podcast and until then see you later bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.